Business Parada, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, the tech fight over fighting child exploitation and what happens when big schools shut down. But first, bailing out America. So coronavirus is spreading like well, like a virus through America's economy. And we're beginning to hear much louder talk about possible government bailouts of particularly hard hit sectors like cruise lines and airlines. There's even been some speculation that the White House is looking to bail out shale companies, better known as fracking companies, as the price of oil plummets. But so far, we've gotten no specific bailout proposals from the White House or even word on if federal bailouts are coming, while Congress, it's scheduled to go on vacation next week. The big question right now is if there is political will for bailouts following voter blowback in 2008, and if so, how they'd even be done. The buzzword this month from health officials has been containment, you know, in terms of quarantining individuals who might have been exposed to coronavirus. But there's no real parallel of containment for American business, where an untold number of industries are being hit simultaneously with butterfly effects going out in every direction. Even pro sports, an industry that usually prints money and it would be impossible to bail out without voter rebellion, it's not immune, as some teams might soon lose the customer ticket revenue they need to pay players. And that doesn't even account for all the stadium and arena workers whose hourly wages would disappear. Like in 2008, bailouts today would be no sure economic fix. Those who put together the plans back then weren't even sure it would work, even though history's been fairly kind to them. It's unclear if today's policymakers, in the White House or in Congress, have the same sort of inclination or stomach for the fight. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Jeff Stein, White House economics reporter for The Washington Post. But first, this. Bridgebank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridgebank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridgebank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridgebank, be bold, venture wisely. We're joined now by Jeff Stein, White House economics reporter with The Washington Post. If you watch kind of the roller coaster of the stock markets yesterday, it seemed that we woke up in the morning expecting there was going to be a plan, then there wasn't going to be a plan, then maybe there was going to be a plan, but we went to sleep without a plan, at least in terms of bailouts, whether targeted or not. Is that a decent understanding of yesterday? And where do we stand now with the prospect of industries getting federal cash? It is all over the place, for sure. The question about whether certain industries will get a bailout has gotten a lot of attention because these industry groups and their lobbyists have come hat in hand to the White House and to Congress and said, we are getting hammered and we need help. Right now, our reporting suggests that the most likely form a bailout would take is for the government to open up very low or zero interest loans that these companies would be expected to pay back at a later date. So it wouldn't be just a direct cash subsidy for these firms, but it would give them federal assistance to help them get through the short-term problems. That's at least how they're phrasing it for now. It's very possible, I think, this is still very early, but it's possible that the problems in some of these industries become so severe that low interest loans are not enough to meet their short-term liquidity problems. Is one of the reasons why they're talking about low interest 
interest loans, at least at first, because that's the sort of thing that the administration via Treasury could do kind of unilaterally. It wouldn't need to get permission from Congress, which becomes just a harder thing to do. Like, you know, a traditional bailout would need congressional approval. That's correct. It's our understanding that Congress would be much more skeptical of giving billions of dollars directly to some of these industries. Just for your listeners' awareness, the main industries we're talking about are we broke last week that have been targeted by the White House for some form of federal help are the airlines, the travel industry, and the cruise industry. And then we learned last night, natural gas producers, oil and gas, basically the shale industry that has become a really uh, important part of President Trump's economic platform is, is the growth of these shale companies. But they may also be in line for some form of federal assistance. Now, I just want to caution because I think people might hear, you know, no interest loans or low interest loans and say, well, they pay them back. What's the big deal? And there is some truth to that. But it is also the case that if you are a low paid worker and you get laid off or you don't have health insurance, there's no magic bank that will open up to you where you can get money at zero interest uh, in this kind of a crisis. So it really is still, I mean, the administration, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is on the Hill today, and he said, we are not doing bailouts. And there's a semantic issue here because it is a form of federal assistance for a special industry. I mean, do you want to call that a bailout or not? Uh, You know, I don't want to adjudicate necessarily. In terms of public opinion, though, it's going to be considered a bailout, just like what we saw with farmers during the the beginnings of the trade war with China. It's going to be viewed as a bailout, you know, whether an economics textbook would consider it a bailout or not. Yeah, the farm bailout was a direct cash subsidy is twenty eight billion dollars. Jeff, let me actually ask, though, about that. Despite what Mnuchin says there, do you have an indication? Because you said early on that kind of the idea of doing no interest loans or low interest loans might not be enough for some of these industries, particularly, say, something like the cruise industry, which is getting absolutely decimated. Despite what Mnuchin says, is there a recognition of that inside the White House? And if so, is there a belief that actual, quote unquote, bailouts are going to ultimately, if not be needed, at least be something that the administration fights to get? It's a good question. I think they're not there yet is probably what I would say. And we'll see what happens. My guess is that they'll definitely start with the more modest measure and then see what happens. But is the White House going to let American Airlines fail and go bankrupt? Are they going to let United go under? These are some of the questions that they're starting to think through. And I don't think you need to have you know, the most amazing sourcing in the White House to know that that's a possibility that they're scared by and fear could come to pass in the long term. The airlines, as of this moment, aren't asking for help, or at least generally aren't asking for help. And it's a little bit reminiscent of some of the Wall Street banks back in 08 who weren't asking for help, but were kind of forced to take help. What lessons, if any, you know, should we be taking from the financial crisis and the bailouts of 08 compared to this? This is obviously much broader in terms of the sectors it's hitting. Hell, you know, we've talked about shale. We've talked about travel. You know, professional sports is potentially about to get decimated. It's a wider range of consumer-facing companies. But what lessons, if any, can we take from what was done in 08? One lesson from 08 is that the political blowback from working with industries that have been affected while tens of millions of Americans suffer can be immense. The Wall Street bailout has fundamentally reshaped American politics really ever since. I mean, you look at President Trump, a Republican, his campaign ads were all about attacks on Goldman Sachs and other Wall Street banks that received bailout money. And I don't know if our politics will be reshaped by, you know, bailouts for the cruise and travel industry, but it seems very possible that the public fear over this 
Although the public wasn't as upset about the auto bailouts, right? Because it, it seems to be the difference. And even though auto executives make as much as Wall Street executives, it's kind of a perception thing, right? You know, we don't like those folks. And also there was a feeling, I guess, that Wall Street caused the financial crisis, whereas the auto companies didn't. In this case, I don't think there's many people who feel Delta, United, or Carnival has caused this. Yeah, that's a really good point. But it's also the case that the Wall Street financial crisis happened as America was entering a countrywide crisis and recession where millions of people were getting hurt. The auto bailout is more in the category of something that happened while things were starting to look up, that the economy was starting to recover. This is happening again when the entire economy is appears to be at risk. And crucial point that I think I want to emphasize is the short-term help that can be provided to these industries that are affected is really small compared to the impact that these industries will see if the administration can successfully execute its public health response. That is really the key here. Until people feel safe and until the virus is relatively contained, these industries are have no recourse. And so we can talk about what kind of loans they might receive or what kind of federal intervention, but the key for them to recover is for the administration to get a handle on preventing these cases from spiraling out of control. That is a good note to end on. Jeff Stein of The Washington Post, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is something called the Earn It Act, a bipartisan Senate bill aimed at fighting online sexual exploitation of kids. That's obviously a goal everyone can get behind, but the legislation itself has become very controversial in tech circles because it could, at least in theory, be used as a wedge for law enforcement to gain access to encrypted systems, thus threatening user privacy. There's also an argument that it could be used to effectively require tech companies to earn liability protections that they already have which might have the unintended consequence of making it harder for those tech companies to fight child exploitation. Now, all of this will get discussed today at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing where online dating company Match Group will become the first tech company to formally endorse the EARN Act and in so doing, break with the largest internet trade association. And finally today, the latest in coronavirus consequences is that many large universities are basically telling their students not to bother coming back from spring break. For example, both Harvard and MIT yesterday informed undergrads that the dorms and houses will basically be closed after this Sunday with the rest of the semester to be taught online. This is, in short, a logistical and financial nightmare for many. Some students can't afford to go home or don't have safe homes to go to. Others are on work-study programs that fund their tuition, and there are few answers so far on what they're supposed to do to make up that difference. And that doesn't even begin to address all of the jobs this throws into question, both on-campus workers like, say, dining hall staff, or the restaurants and other small businesses that rely almost exclusively on the campuses. Again, this is probably the right thing for the schools to do, but that doesn't make it any easier for everyone else. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national oatmeal, not waffles day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast. <laughs>